Welcome to Run This World. My name is Nicole DeBoom. I'm a former pro athlete turned entrepreneur. Each week, I'll bring you insights and inspiration from some of the world's greatest visionaries who will help you run your world in ways that you didn't even realize were possible. All in the framework of the amount of time it takes for the average person to run a 5K. That's 36 minutes and 38 seconds, give or take a mile. We often go long, so get ready. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now let's get this workout started. Hey there, everybody. I had the insane opportunity to interview the elusive Brooke Eddy. She's doing so much these days. She's so busy with her incredible business that it was really cool to be able to carve out some time. And the really fun thing for me is to do these interviews in person. I walked over to her office on Pearl Street in downtown Boulder, and we sat in a conference room of Bhakti and just chatted for a bit. I met Brooke years ago. I've known about her products forever. As you know, I have an interest in all things delicious. And um, Bhakti Chai was one of my early finds many years ago. So after I, I had a chance to listen to Brooke speak at a women's event a few years ago, I really, really felt um, there was some good synergy with her and how she built her business. And after I had a kid, I also felt synergy with her because she was doing it all with little ones in tow. So I hope you enjoy Brooke's story today. She is an awesome woman doing really cool things in the world. And uh, if you have a chance to get out there, I would definitely try her products, especially for those of you who enjoy dairy-free her um, bhakti chais are the best thing you've ever had. All right, so let's bring her on. All right, everyone. I am so excited to be sitting here with Brooke Eddy, the founder of Bhakti. Oh my gosh. Is it Bhakti Chai or is it just Bhakti? It's now just Bhakti. I thought so. so. It started as Bhakti Chai and we just rebranded to be Bhakti so that we could incorporate more things under our brand other than chai, like the new sparkling tea. Oh, this is going to get really exciting. So, um, okay. So we kind of need to start at the beginning here because I actually really want to dig right into what's next, but I think it's unfair. I actually love your story so much. I've heard you speak before. I think that our listeners need to understand how you went about starting this amazing company. It all began in India. And the reason I went to India to begin with was to study a movement based on bhakti or devotion to social action. And I was there interviewing a lot of people in villages and um, talking to people about how their devotion really translated into volunteerism. And I was struck by that and I wanted to write about it. I wanted to just do more research. I ended up able to meet the founder of the organization and his daughter. There are now 20 million people who practice this type of devotion, this bhakti, this service. And along the way, I happened to drink a lot of chai and (laughs) some of it is not very good. Um, Some of it's very watery, um, but because I was interviewing people and I was in their homes, I could try what people were really proud of in their own recipe. 
And I started to see this pattern that in certain parts of the region there was spicy chai. And I would ask, oh, what's in there? And they would say, it's very special. It's my special <laughs> chai. And I started to figure out it was ginger that was kind of making it really special. So then, you know, two years later, I'm home in Boulder. I've got, you know, one and a half year old twins who put me into a fog for most of five years and just I did to make my own chai on my stove and just played around with steeping tea and adding spices and pressing ginger and came up with something I wanted to drink every day and realized then my neighbors wanted to drink it and my friends and that I could possibly start a company to support my family. So like what year was this? 2006 was when I was making it on my stove and I founded the company in 2007. So you were in India in like 2000, 2001, okay. 2002. Wow. Okay. So one thing you just said, I have to go back to, so you have twins. They're not one and a half anymore. <laughs> um, Thank God. <laughs> so what's this brain fog you talked about? <laughs> well, the brain fog was being at home with twins with no money and mm -hmm. in a relationship that wasn't really supportive of, I think, my best intention of how I wanted to live my life. And having to raise the kids with also being the primary breadwinner. Mm. So the stress of that every day and then adding in starting a company on top of that. So what were you doing for a job? So you weren't just like, hey, I'm going to make tea in my kitchen and I'm not working. I've already quit a job or were you working at the no, same time? No, I was time? working full time. So what were you doing? I was a development director for a nonprofit organization here oh, in Boulder. So that's a women's organization oh, that supports wow. women. So it's Boulder Valley Women's Health. Oh, great. Of course I know them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really impressive. Yes. Yeah, so you didn't quit your day job. Not for a while. I had to make sure it wasn't just a hobby. So I really, I tested it out on friends and neighbors and, you know, went door, you know, up and down the street in Boulder, able to get some cafes. And at first it was just a little bit of money in my pocket. And then it started to grow and I realized this could be a big opportunity. So how do you get like ingredients in the beginning? Are you literally going to the supermarket and buying them at full price? Literally paying full price. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this was, you probably weren't making a huge margin in the beginning. <laughs> well, I was because oh. I um, figured into my margin that I needed to get massages. So that was, <laughs> that was one of my cogs. Wait, this is real, isn't it? It's real, yeah. Oh my God. Okay, so tell me about that. Why is massage important? Well, I probably hadn't had one for many years and we didn't have any money. I mean, it was very hand to mouth. And so the fact that if I was going to spend time brewing at night, bottling, delivering in the morning, I was going to make sure that, that the margins were there. And so they were. That and then, is they, so and then smart. they improved even more as I was able to get, you know, go through the four different middlemen that I had to buy tea from the four different cardamom middlemen. And so now it feels good to be, you know, getting directly from the source. And now you have weekly massage, pedicure, manicure. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's still not weekly, but someday. Wow. That's so cool. I mean, actually I love when people say I started my company in my garage, my house, my kitchen, whatever. And I mean, that really is how it happened for you. It was really my stovetop and then sitting down at my kitchen table and writing out the recipe on, you know, a piece of paper and then deciding, okay, how much should I put in? What's that? What are the costs of that? 
oh, now I've got to think about a name for this company. I've got to think about the packaging mm -hmm. and the label and the cap and, you know, all those things that, you know, it's not really just the recipe. And that's when it came to me that I wanted to call it Bhakti. It just made sense that, you know, it had a great ring to it. I realized if I'm going to start a company, I want to love the name. I want to have it mean something to me. And that word meant something to me from India. And I have studied social policy as well as nonprofit management in my graduate work. And I knew that nonprofits and businesses can work together and they can really be similar if you can make them similar. And so my idea was, oh, I wonder if I can run this as a business, but also have it be mission driven like a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. So this whole concept of the triple bottom line mm -hmm. and it, from the beginning, were you able to implement that from the beginning? It was, we're going to be Bhakti Chai and we're going to give to organizations that support women and girls. And obviously the first couple of years, it was small. It was, you know, $500 and a lot of free product. But then if every year, I mean, we've given over $400,000 to organizations that support women and girls. That's amazing. And at your growth rate, it'll be like a million bucks in about a year. And we even now <laughs> started, um, you know, before it was just a part of our mission and a part of Bhakti, but I wanted to brand it and have it have its own entity. So we've now created Gita, which stands for Give, Inspire, Take Action. And the Gita platform is where we show people who we're supporting and also highlight organizations that are doing good for the world. Oh, my gosh. You know, and the thing is, though, you couldn't do that right off the bat. You had to build a business and build a foundation and get yourself into a, a solid place, right? Exactly. Exactly. And sleep. True. Yeah, you know, I haven't really done much on sleep yet in this <laughs> podcast, probably because I'm not sleeping right now. <laughs> so I actually want to ask your opinion on sleep because you bring it up. So I can see this is actually a real thing for you. It is so important. I feel like the first two years of my life, and this is actually a study that women lose 700 hours of sleep the first year that they give birth. Oh, wow. And because I have twins, I felt like I lost 1400 hours of sleep oh, that first year. So it has been my goal since they were about four that I will catch up and try to get those 1400 hours back. So I am really into sleep and I've created my whole life around it. Yes. I'm a night owl and I do some of my best work at 11 o'clock at night. And one of my years where I was, you know, this was like 2009 and 10 when I probably only had three employees I would put my kids to bed at eight o'clock and I would work from eight to one in the morning. And that was my most productive time. And so I didn't feel bad that then I would wake up, I would get them to school and then I would go back to sleep until 10. I'm awesome. like, no, this is mama likes to sleep in the morning and wow. it really works for my rhythms. Yes. And part of that is just understanding your own body and your mm -hmm. own needs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, as an athlete and a lot of people listening are runners or they're active women and, uh, it's learning about our bodies is the biggest, I think most enlightening part of becoming an athlete of whatever level you are. So I think that's cool because for you too, is, has yoga always been your main practice? No, I mean, soccer was my main practice all growing up. <laughs> wow. And that's different than it's yoga. <laughs> very different from yoga. <clears throat> And I actually just got back from Honduras with my son. We did a service trip with Pure Water for the World. And I got to play soccer with Honduran men. And 
it was, I, I just was back into my childhood of like wow. how fast paced it was. And I just felt like, oh my gosh, I just, I want to be that person again. That's just, and I was that person again, cause I was actually doing that. But my yoga practice now is also a spiritual practice because with the stress and the nonstop crisis mode that being an entrepreneur is particularly in the beverage industry, it really wasn't just for exercise. I mean, I do core power, so I am sweating. I am doing cardio mm-hmm. work, but it is a mental space that if, if I go two weeks, for example, and don't do four classes, I can tell a difference in my, the way I'm, in my brain. And then also the, just the way I'm responding to my kids, the way I'm responding to stress. Um, I, things just roll off of me so much easier when I'm doing my weekly two, three times a week practice. Isn't that interesting? Like your head won't let go of a thought that is a negative thought when you haven't allowed your body that release. It's the body mind connection is so strong. It's so strong. And we still, I feel like don't even understand it all. No, I feel like we're still going to find out things like we had no idea of how interconnected that was. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll keep pushing. I know. So, okay. So say some of the people listening have probably never tried your product. So I want them to understand it. So you started with chai teas. Okay. So maybe explain like, is this a loose leaf chai or what, how, how could they expect to find this? So started with a concentrate. So I brewed the tea, added the ginger and all the spices and left it to the consumer to figure out how they wanted to mix it. Did they want to use cow's milk or coconut milk or almond milk, hemp milk? And it really started as a food service company. So I sold it into cafes and then the cafes, you know, made hot bhakti chai. And we're now in over 800 cafes around the country, particularly in Colorado and San Francisco. Those are our main hubs of direct service to cafes. And then started selling those concentrates in Whole Foods because people realized, oh, I want to make it at home. It's a treat. It's spicy. It warms me from the inside. And from there, launched a iced chai ready to drink. So wanted to go into the grab and go serve category where people could have their chai, which is full of antioxidants um, and helpful for caffeine in the morning on the go. And that was really what created the national brand that we are today, because that's available nationally, not only in Whole Foods, but Target and Kroger and Safeway. And it's just brought the the company a little bit more recognition because Mm -hmm. people can try it. It's not just in a cafe. They can actually crack it open, drink it, read the back, see what we're doing, see how sustainable practices are really important to us, see that we're, you know, fair trade certified, we're non-GMO verified. And then I was excited to launch a dry line, which is artisan tea, because so many people wanted to take our product on the go, you know, runners and people who are camping and climbers and kayakers and fishermen, they couldn't have a cup of bhakti when they were out in the world. You can't travel with it either. Right. Yeah. So the artisan line was kind of, and I write the copy on the back about, you know, now you can take bhakti with you anywhere on the planet. Mm -hmm. And I would, you know, go back to different parts of India and I would still even bring the artisan tea because it's just so easy. You just add hot water, but we repurpose our ginger. So after we press our ginger, we press 8,000 pounds of organic ginger a week here in Colorado at our brewery. And after that is all pressed and we get all the juice off, what's left is 
the kind of the mass of the ginger and we have a process where we dry it and we send it to a mill and then that is put into the tea bag so it mm. reconstitutes so you still get that burn of the ginger well that wasn't enough because i was so inspired by bubbly drinks uh-huh that i wanted to create something that had tea in it so it's you're still getting your caffeine i i love caffeine i love just having a little boost in the morning a boost in the afternoon and figuring out a way to take our signature fresh ginger with our fresh brewed teas and combine them into carbonation. And now we've got Bhakti sparkling tea, which is just this nice bubbly twist mm-hmm. on Bhakti. Mm. Can you guys hear that? I just took a big swig of the mango lime matcha. It's so good. Freaking out. Do you feel kind of jacked up a little yet? Oh, I'm totally, I'm jacked. <laughs> It's a nice little high. I, I love feel like. it. And we do a mint mate, which I feel like has a nice mm. little lift, and then a, a lemon ginger black tea. And then we do one that is caffeine-free, which is a tart cherry rooibos. For the boys. For the kids. People. And for the kids. <laughs> My kids um, love it. They think it's like a soda. Well, it's, it is delicious, too. So here's the thing about caffeine. So I kind of, I'm assuming that you're somewhat of an expert on caffeine. I love caffeine, but I just, I don't know a lot about it. All I know is that every day I open the paper and there's a different article on why it's good for you or why it's bad for you. So maybe you can fill me in. Well, I'm not an expert on caffeine. (laughs) I feel like I can be somewhat of an expert on tea. Mm. And so that's, that's where I've tend to focus on is that at least tea has health benefits. So when you're getting the caffeine from the black tea or the matcha, which is green tea, or from mate, it has, it's full of antioxidants. So I feel like those are the things that make me excited about being a tea drinker that, you know, while it should, it does have some sweetness in it and it does have juices and flavors and in our chai, it might have some milk or other things you're getting, you know, the antioxidants that we all are looking for in most of our products. That's very true. And it just keeps flushing and keeping your body more pure and on the good path. Mm-hmm. Um, and with a nice little buzz to go along. <laughs> a non-alcoholic buzz. You know, one thing I've noticed, too, about your um, iced chais, not your sparkling. None of them use cow's milk, do they? No, completely vegan. Oh, wow. Cool. I've been uh, primarily vegan since I did a little challenge last year and did the Engine 2 diet program. Have you oh, ever heard of I that? haven't heard of that. I'll fill you in later. We don't have to bore everyone. But I, <laughs> I actually interviewed the founder of Engine 2, who used to be a professional athlete as well. So fun for all these people in the food industry to get connected. And before that, you were not a vegan at all? No. Or I vegetarian? Did, no, but I always tended towards a plant-based eating regime. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. It's just I like it. Mm-hmm. But I eat meat and I eat fish and I eat chicken, you know, the whole deal. So now I eat a lot less of that and more plants. Great. It's all right. Everybody has their own thing, Mm -hmm. you know, that works Mm -hmm. for them. And I think it goes to that theme of as we get older and we learn more about ourselves and we learn more about our bodies, we're just more in tune. And I do think it's important, like business changes. So we're going to start talking about that a bit here. Our bodies change too. And as we get older, the way that we run our businesses changes, you know, everything changes. And a lot of times we hit brick walls before we realize that we needed to make a change. So with Bhakti, you guys have been around for over a decade. It's a long time. So kudos to you. A, you stayed in business and B, you're thriving. 
Um, I want to, I, I, this is so cool. So I've watched your path and you've raised money a couple times, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've had to. I mean, I don't have anyone in my life. I always tell everyone, Oh, it's be so great if I had a rich uncle. Um, so yes, I mean, growth capital was important from the very beginning. I didn't have a credit card. I didn't have a bank loan. I had to find local angel investors who were behind my mission and vision very early on. And yeah. luckily they were users of the product. So that's how I was able to pull them in is they thought, well, I'm drinking this every day. If I'm drinking it every day, I might as well invest in this company because it's addictive and I love it and everyone I know loves it. And that's yeah. really the only reason I'm still here. And what I love about the food and drink industry is that you can hook people on a sip. You can sample. I can't sample a skirt to everybody that walks in. I know. I know. <laughs> so if I'm going to do it again, I'm not making skirts again. I'm making food and drink. So, oh, because if I, I do it again, I'm not making food and drink. I'm what are doing, you doing? Oh, like an app. Or something oh. that's like someone can do. Like I have an idea. You help me develop it. Or something where you just ship direct to the consumer and you don't have to deal with all the middlemen. So there's something in your voice that tells me you're like all these years of being in the business. Are you making any transitions at this point? I'm making some amazing and exciting transitions. I'm bringing on a new CEO to replace me in a couple weeks. That's huge. And it's a woman, which I'm really excited wow. about. And it's been my intention for about two years. So it's not really a surprise to my investors. It's not a surprise to my staff. Um, most people that know me know I've been saying, I've been doing this for a long time. I've been doing this almost like two full-time jobs day in, day and night. And I love product innovation and I will continue to still work on the brand and work on its growth. But I really wanted someone who had more expertise in taking brands bigger. And, you know, I've been learning as I go and I feel like I've been doing a good job, but bringing someone in who's an expert in natural foods, who has the resume and the contacts to say, Hey, we're going to take you to 50 million. And I can sit back a little bit and let her do that. I am very thrilled. Uh, It's a huge decision, but you actually have to really be ready. Imagine if you were forced to do this five years ago. You know, it would be a different kind of conversation. Mm -hmm. It would feel awkward, maybe. Right, right. But no, this was, it took a while to find the right person. And I was... I trusted that. I mean, I, I also wanted it to hurry. It was like, hurry up and make this happen because I want to, I want to read more. I want to spend more time with my kids. I want to focus on more innovation and not just day-to-day running business and some of the mundane things around paperwork and HR and hiring. And so there was a, an urgency, but also I just kept pushing forward and, and saying for me to do that, I had to raise more money right? For Mm. me to do that, I had to get the business in a place where I could step back. So I've been working diligently to be able to do that. And now I feel like I'm at this place where I can say, here you go. The business is an amazing place. We just launched this new sparkling tea. I can, I can work on these other projects. Let's see what you're going to do with her. So is that like just maturity that gets us to a, like, I talk to a lot of people who hit a point in their business and they're like, I kind of want to slow down a little. And I'm not, maybe there is a little bit of a slowdown, but in certain parts of your life or a, I don't know, what is it? Is it maturity? Is it age? Is it wanting to be with your family more? I think it's already 
going through a lot of what I've, most of the things now I feel like I've done. Right. It's like, oh, it's like challenge. It's challenge. Mm. It's, and it's creativity. I feel like there's so much in business that I love. And then there's also things that are not very creative. And my creative spirit has been a little parched. Yes. And that is what drove your business from the beginning and what you're really good at. Yes. You know, um, in the beginning, when you're running on adrenaline, you you can push through those things that you kind of suck at and hate. Don't you agree? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. But then after a certain point, you're like, I, I, I don't have it in me anymore to go set up a booth at an expo or whatever that thing might be. Pretty much. It's like, I've done that and I've done that and we've done that. And I have a team that does that. And now it's like, Oh great. There's more people who have more energy to do that because it might be the first time they're at expo Yeah, or it might be the first time that they're demoing or working on some project and it's exciting for them. And I'm, I'm happy that my team has that enthusiasm and there's just there. It's just, it feels like it's natural that there's going to be fatigue. Mm-hmm. business entrepreneur yeah. fatigue. That's true. And you can, it's easy to burn out for sure. And you're steering the ship. So you have to make sure your team doesn't burn out too, or watch you burn out, mm-hmm. which is not a good sign. <laughs> no. No. So, um, who have been your greatest influences along the way? Because you're an innovator in, in many ways. Like this is a category that did you innovate the chai category in the marketplace here? We were the first, Ready to drink iced chai on the market. Wow. And I mean, that is blowing up. So you are riding that wave. And now we're the first natural sparkling tea on the market. Oh, good. Wow. Congrats. Thanks. It's amazing. Thanks. It's hard to be the first though. I mean, there was a lot of education. There still is. People are like very confused. Wait, what is chai? Wait, Mm. what is this? What's it? What is it mixed with? What am I? Why? When would I drink this? You know, there was a lot of education around what this is and why you would want to have it on the go versus buying something at Starbucks, like an iced chai. Right. Mm. So we're, we're kind of in the same thing, but I think this is a little bit easier for people to know what sparkling is. People well, are drinking bubbly water, you know, it's like, okay, it's that with some juices and tea. And there was a place on the shelf that you had it, you could identify where it would go. It wasn't like grocery stores have to create an entirely new section for it or something. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, the ice chai, you know, it, the, the sets have grown super competitive in the last mm. two years. So this was all before cold brewed coffee. This was before a lot of these fresh juices. Oh, wow. So there was really kombucha and iced tea. Mm-hmm. And so we were in those sets. Yeah, that's true. So you kind of get lost in shuffle. And so I'm really proud of you for like pushing through this. So back to the question of you're innovating so who are you looking at that, that helps you with your vision? Who's your biggest influence? Well, company-wise, I think a big influence for me is Patagonia. I mean, they're just kind of the like, mm-hmm. of, you know, what a company <laughs> could do. Well, you have a good voice. For the planet. <laughs> um, thanks. <laughs> and so I think that's, you know, someone like Ben and Jerry's, like I remember growing up and being like, that's so cool. Like this ice cream company that's, you know, helping out and making all these good choices and great to employees. And, um, so I think those are like companies that I've looked up to, but for innovation, it's, I'm, I'm a foodie and flavors are really fascinating for me. So wherever I travel, I'm always eating new things. Mm. 
I was, you know, just in Honduras. And so I'm drinking, um, this hibiscus tea or it's, it's not really caffeinated, but you know, just boiling up hibiscus. And I was making that on the 4th of July. So I was making hibiscus margaritas and, you know, so I'm like, Oh, this hibiscus is really good. Maybe we do a hibiscus sparkling tea and, you know, I'm trying tamarind juice and I'm in India traveling things and just all of, I'm always trying new flavors. So I think that's the inspiration, the creativity that comes of like, how could I combine this with this? And I can see that that's where you want to go again and what you want to tap back into. Um, one thing that I love on your website is the recipe section because people don't realize like, Oh, I could actually use this product in my baked goods or my pancakes or my cocktail. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or my, uh, my steak marinade mm-hmm. or whatever. And I think that's a really important thing. It also makes me think, well, I'm like zooming ahead. Well, where's the bhakti bar? Where's the bhakti like food category? Is that, have you thought about getting into the food category? Yes. So that was one of the things of, you know, rebranding to, you know, so that Bhakti is the brand and under that can be, you know, right now we're a beverage company. Right. So I think that's what we're going to focus on for the next couple of years is being a beverage company. But ideally I'd love to be a lifestyle brand where we could have something in the middle of the store. We could do sauces. We could do Mm. bars. We could do, um, I have some exciting news about a collaboration that we're doing with Nusa Yogurt. No! Bhakti Chai Nusa hits Oh, my gosh. In August. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I'm interviewing their founder on Monday. Oh, well. Oh, yes. great. Oh, great. Oh, I am going to ask her. That is so cool. Well, congrats on that. That yeah. is going to be a slam dunk. It is really good. Wow. So that's fun to be able to do those kinds of collaborations and also like with a woman founder, right? Two women entrepreneurs coming together saying, Hey, let's collaborate. Let's not think it's all going to be competitive, you know? And we came out with this great pro this great product and I'm really proud of it. So what has been the toughest or biggest challenge you've had or reframing it? What's been the biggest failure you've had at Bhakti? Something you thought was going to win, It could be personnel-related, product-related, whatever, and it completely... Well, I mean, I think a challenge is always and continues to be cash flow, you Uh know? It's just, it's, we're continually growing, and as much as we spend so much time trying to manage that growth, you know, it is an expensive company, and we are making products at our own facility, and Mm -hmm. building our own brewery was excruciating. Wow. I mean, I had, it was, it cost way more than it should. It was mismanaged. Um, it took double the time. I mean, it, it, it could have put us out of business just because this new brewery wasn't ready. We didn't have space in our old facility. I mean, it was a vulnerable situation to be in. We're past it now and we're in this great gleaming brewery, but you know, I think cash flow is always been tight and always, you know, it's stressful to always be on that line of like, okay, changes in one day. Let's just keep it, keep it all mm-hmm. static. One thing that I was, I, I dove into product innovation a little haphazardly. I thought, Oh, I'm going to do a Bhakti Chai Chip ice cream. It'll oh, be so fun. I, want, I think people would like you to do that. 
You did. <laughs> I don't remember it. <laughs> well, it was pretty small because it was one skew and Boulder Ice Cream made it for us and everyone that tried it fell in love with it. But we didn't really have the infrastructure. We weren't an ice cream company. We had this one skew that was distributed through them and you know, it was okay, but it, I was just ready to do a new flavor. You know, it's like, let's do something else. Bakhti chai ice cream. So I think that was a mistake that I should have waited to do that until we were more established until we were bigger and we would do it the right way with, yeah, you know, properly capitalized, do three, three or four SKUs, have a program in place, support it, promote it. Yeah. You know, um, that's maturity again, huh? <laughs> and other than the millions of people listening to this podcast, uh, most people wouldn't have known that you tried once. So you can relaunch that thing anytime. Oh, I you want. know. <laughs> I might. I might. It was good. And just think of it. The chocolate flavor would be so good, too. I know. So tell me, too, being a mom, I mean, I, I had a kid at 40, which I think you've met my little girl, Wilder. And I have met your kids because... These guys will get a kick out of it. I ran into you at a coffee shop one day, and you were kind of looking frazzled, and you had about seven drinks in your hand. You walk up to it. And they were I, all Bakhti's, and I must by have the way. They were. And you were, at a, you were going up to maybe a minivan. Did that sound right? Or do you have an SUV? It's yeah, a like bigger a car. Yeah. And there were all kinds of kids in there. And, and you're kind of like, hey, Nicole, you know, whatever. But I could tell you had to go. And you're like, it's my kid's first day driving the other kids to school, right? But I have to be in the car. But you so had to be really even save me time. No, it didn't save you any time. <laughs> and you had your hands full of drinks because it had to be a big deal. But um, how does being a mom help you in your business? Hmm. I mean, I think, and I've had this thought for many years of like, oh, if I wasn't a mom, I would have so much more time and my business would be bigger now and I wouldn't be so mm. distracted and I would have more money and I wouldn't have to, you know, drive them all the time, every single place. But I realized that was just kind of the story that I told myself that was kind of a poor me. When in reality, I I wouldn't have been as happy, you know, not having them as this balance factor of of love and and fun and just they're so proud of what I'm doing. And for me to role model building this company in front of them. I mean, they were there when I was delivering and they were both in car seats and I would run out and deliver and they'd be like, what are you doing? You got to come back to the car. You're not allowed to leave us. I'm like, I'm allowed to leave you. You're fine. Um, as long as there's no I'm cops like, around. Right. And there was one cop one time and I, you know, you do not want to talk to a woman with twins who's, single who has no money who is trying to start a business I bit <laughs> his head off I was like are you kidding me I'm gonna take them both out of the car seat to run in for three minutes no I'm not <laughs> um and he let me go he was like okay sorry he's like, I'll watch him yeah he's like sorry man I'm like no one's gonna steal twins <laughs> who would do that someone crazy right right <laughs> So I'm, you know, really blessed that they're in my life and that they also, they're huge fans. They're so proud of their mom. And I think they see, they see the realness of it. It's not just all like, yay, it's balloons and parties and new products. Yeah. They're like, oh my gosh, my mom is crying. What's going on? You know, my mom is like so stressed or, oh, why? I woke up in the middle of the night and she's still at her computer and it's three in the morning. 
you know, I think they see what it really takes. And now that they're 12, I mean, they asked me to come speak to their school oh. and they're, you know, I think that's an exciting part. And then my stepson who's driving, who's 16, again, like tells all of his friends and brings them samples. And, you know, they just have this pride of, you know, what I've done, which it I feel excited good. about. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So, uh, habits, you know, um, superstitions, tell me, do you have any, do you have like habits or things that you feel have made you successful? Being alone. I think that is a habit that everyone should build into their life. And if I don't get it, I, I, I'm not the same person. And a lot of times it's hiking by myself, which is, you know, that I do for exercise and I do to take my dog but I realize about 30 minutes in that something I've just hit a zone. And that's when I start thinking, Oh, I wonder what it would, it would happen if I called that person and asked them about this, or I wonder what would happen if I took this ingredient and mixed it with that. Like it just, it's like flat lines me so that I can start to think about the things that I really should be thinking about and not just like what time is soccer practice and what time I've got to register for them and da 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 And then I've got to fill out that paperwork and, And so it's either on a hike or it's really staring. I try to have stare time on the weekends where I'm not running errands. I'm just at home. I won't even leave the house all day. Stare time? And then I just like look out the window, just hang out on my porch. Wow. You know, just, you know, I'll also want to read the New York Times on Sunday and spend some reading time, but like just sitting outside, just staring. That is, uh, I've never heard someone say that before. So it's very unique and it goes to this like centering sort of zone place. But do you meditate? I don't. Yeah, I don't even know how to meditate. Cause I, I mean, I, I have before. I have I've it. taken like meditation and yoga things, retreats and things like this. But I mean, I think hiking is a walking meditation. I, well, I think you're kind of on the verge of your version of meditating with your alone time and your stare time. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I love that. That's so cool. Um, oh, it, I had another thought here. Now I've forgotten it because I'm just staring at you, mesmerized. <laughs> <laughs> Scare time is that supposed to be at someone else? Out the window. Cold out the window. <laughs> so a little uncomfortable right now. Um, oh, that is so cool. So do you have any like routines in the morning or anything like that that help you or other than going back to bed to just start your day off on the right note? Well, yoga is usually what I do in the morning. Okay. That's a good more that or hiking. Um, I think a routine, a routine that I have at night often is I spend time with some of my girlfriends, you know, we'll get together and drink wine and partake in other Colorado native activities. And, um, I think it's just having that, that support system of the, of a community where you can lean on them and cry and, they really, they've been through this whole process with me. Mm-hmm. That feels so good. Well, we're coming up on the end of our 5K. So the podcast, of course, is called Run This World, and it's based loosely on the average time it takes someone to run a 5K, which is an 11.48 minute mile, so over 36 minutes. Isn't that kind of cool? That's great. I didn't I, know that. Well, I, I my mile was, I did like 10-minute miles when I ran. Well, I did so the you're Chicago above, Marathon. You're above average. Right. How cool. Yeah. Actually, when, when people hear that, they're often 
kind of relieved because they think, well, I ran like an 1115. I thought I was the slowest person on the planet. No, you're average. Right. No, that's true. <laughs> that's awesome. I, I thought everyone I knew ran like nine minute miles or eight minute miles. Faster yeah. than you, whatever right. that was. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so at the end here, I'd like to ask everyone to share with our listeners one golden nugget, one thing that will help them run their worlds in bigger and better ways than before. You know, the, the thing that the way I run my world is through calm and not overreacting. And I think that is how I've been able to lead a team of people to trust me that I, I've never had a tantrum. I've never raised my voice. I've never gotten upset. And I've had thousands of reasons to get upset. I mean, I'm talking about people who have dumped tens of thousands of dollars worth of product down the drain. I'm talking about losing money for reasons that had nothing to do with me. And I think just having a calm, cool way to run your world, it kind of comes back to you. And then you're not in so much drama and so much kind of crisis. It's just like, if that's how you're seeing out at the world and you're like, I'm going to run it this way, I'm going to be confident. I'm going to be cool and calm and I'm going to trust that things are going to work out and not live in this fear bubble. The word trust, which you said a few times through this, I think that's the key here and you're definitely cultivating it. And you know, to your point, you mentioned money a couple times, but what I know about you and what you've overridden that with is that you're about way more than you're really not about money. You're about giving back. And I can see that. It's very cool. Thank you. Thank well, you. thank you so much for being on the show today Thanks and helping me run this world. Me. I love it. Thank All right. you so much. Now we're going to go get amped on some more caffeine. Sound Cheers. <laughs> what a cool interview with Brooke. Um, I don't know about you, but that little ditty about how much sleep we lose after having kids, that really resonated with me. And, uh, and I love the idea of the fact that you can make it up for many years thereafter. So I hope you enjoyed today's interview. I really, really will continue to bring on these cool women doing cool things in the world and try to share the love. If you have a chance, get over to NicoleDeBoom.com and uh, we're going to do some kind of cool giveaway with Brooke here. Uh, so check it out, see what we're up to and take a sip or two and put your feet up and relax before you get out there and tackle the next thing. All right, everybody, you know what time it is. It's time to get out and run this world. Have a great workout and I'll see you next week.